welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian. And this is Light, the Light-Fingered Thief. And we're going to go into a dungeon. Did you bring torches? Oh, I hope so. We might need them. There might <laughs> be an air current. That's actually one of the first things in the list. So what we're going to do is we just want to want to take a little time with some random tables and play around and maybe see what kind of ideas we can come up with for a five, just a five-room dungeon to start with. We might make it bigger. <laughs> we do have a lot of tables. Lots of tables. So the first book I was looking at was the Osric book. Old school reference and index compilation. If you don't have the Osric book, it's pretty cheap to buy online and or free if you want the PDF. There's a random ch table charts in here kind of designed after the first edition AD&D book. And I'm going to need some 10-sided dice for percentiles. We're going to start a five-room dungeon, so I guess we're going to start with a, a square room, we'll say, to begin with. Now, there's different charts, give you different shaped rooms, but I'm just going to start with a square room, and we'll say, how big should this room be? There's, there's a chart in here for that, isn't there? I believe uh, a couple pages further down within the Osric book, there's different shape designs Ooh. for rooms and chambers. So table two, rooms and chambers, is a 1D20. There it is. There you it is. Anything from 10 by 10 up to, I don't know. A forty by forty foot chamber. Well, let's see what let's see what uh, let's see what we have here. We have approximate size. I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna roll a ten sided die, and I got six. A thousand square feet. So we got a thousand square feet. How many? What does that make the actual room square footage? You're thousand, better than I. Well, it'd be something like maybe a long quarter, hundred by ten, but it was gonna be uh, a square room. Uh, I need. Do the math on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we got a mathematic it up. I don't know the formula to figure it out. So yeah. ten by ten. That's not a ten by ten room. No, 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 no. That's ten by a, ten is, is only a hundred. A hundred. It, it's a square root. It's a square root of a hundred or, or a thousand. Sorry, <laughs> square root of a thousand is about thirty-one point six by thirty-one point six. We'll just say it's a thirty by thirty room. Yeah, thirty by thirty room will give you about nine hundred square feet. That works. That's close enough. <laughs> yep. So the book that you're using is the Osric first or second edition. So it's second edition. I'm not sure what edition you're you're the one you have there. They're very similar. I have uh, the Osric first edition one that you gave me, and I also have the Raging Swan Dungeon Dressing GM's Miscellaneous Dungeon Dressing open as well too. And I got you can get the D, the Raging Swan's GM's Miscellaneous Dungeon Dressing, a system neutral resource. You can get it via PDF on drive through or you can get it print on drive through It wasn't too, I can't remember how much it was, but I've got a print copy of it right here. That's, that's, it's barely been cracked open, but it's got some good stuff. Yeah. Raging Swan has a lot of great dressing supplements, let's say. So we'll be using a, a little bit of both. So let's decide, let's look at some of these, some of these and kind of get an idea. I'm going to start at the very beginning, the air currents table. Let's talk about air currents in this front room. You want row, row D100? Yeah, you want to go for that? Okay, I'll roll a D100, and I rolled a 5. There's a slight breeze in the room. So there's a slight breeze. I'm assuming it's coming. I'm not sure where it's coming from. We'll have to determine that. as we I, I guess on. we'll find out. <laughs> well, let's roll on an odors table to see what kind of odor is in this room as we walk in. See how bad it smells. <laughs> it's probably coming in with the breeze. You got D100. I got a 70, which puts me at... Putrid. Oh, it's putrid. A putrid smell comes in with the slight breeze. 
someone someone didn't shower today. <laughs> and then I, let's roll on the general table below that and see what kind of odd thing, what kind of things in general are in this room. All right. So there are cracks in the ceiling. There are cracks in the ceiling. I wonder if the putrid smell is coming from up there. Let's look at the dungeon dressing and kind of add a little more to this room to make it a little more interesting. It's the first room in the dungeon. It's the first room in the dungeon. So why don't we pick something? So we just talked about the ceiling. I'll pick something on the floor, maybe. Perhaps there's dungeon, there's dressing features in the in the which chart are you looking for? I was looking for the uh floors, characteristics and appearances of the floor. Go for it. So uh, on, on the floor, it looks like two inches of undisturbed fresh earth covered this rough stone floor. So we got two inches of fresh earth. Undisturbed. <laughs> oh, of undisturbed. Yes. Covering the rough stone floor. And I, I like this chart here. It has dungeon entrances. Since this is the first room, I'm going to roll on this and get add another element to it. And I got a 60, six zero. All right. A grave has been dug in the dirt or piled under rubble if the floor is not easily excavated, and a shield lies on top. The top half of the heavy shield is painted blue, and the bottom half is yellow. Emblazoned upon the front is a long sword, point down, with a pair of feathered wings sprouting from the middle of the blade. Inside the grave is a set of humanoid bones. So that works perfect with our dirt floor. Someone has been has been laid to, laid to rest here. I wonder, we could definitely, I, I don't think we should do it right this second, but we could definitely roll up some treasures and stuff that may be on the body of the person who lays well, there. Well, I was going to roll up some corpses first. All right, roll up a corpse. Because <laughs> we, we have a corpse for monster, humanoid, and adventurers. So should we roll for adventurer corpse, humanoid yeah. corpse? Let's roll for an adventurer corpse. This is the the last. This is an adventurer who made it here before us and didn't quite make it out. Okay, why don't you roll a D one hundred and we'll first determine the state of decomposition. I rolled an eighty eight. An eighty eight. It is dried out remains. Probably been there for anywhere from you know three to twelve months. So, so are there it's, any it's, treasures on it? Well, let's roll to see what type of. Um, corpse it is so the corpse has been flensed of all of its skin Ooh, ooh, that could be could be a little bit scary in terms of what may, <laughs> might might lie in here so how many doors should be in this room the first entrance room are we gonna oh, go for one what do you what do you roll roll 1d4 and see oh where will our rooms go i rolled a one so i'm gonna say it's in the far end or it could be a secret door because we came in through one door. So maybe we, we should roll in the secret door table. All right, let's roll. Which uh, secret door? Do you want to use the Osric one or you want to use the... Uh... You, whichever one you have most accessible accessible right now, let's do it. <laughs> All right. So let's see. I will look up the Raging Swan one and see what secret doors we have here. What secret door lies in this dirt floor? Whether the, There's a stone floor covered under those inches of dirt and there's a body down in there. Yeah, very decayed body. All right, so the secret door. All right, it says a ruined shrine or folly conceals a narrow set of stairs. Oh, so it's going down. So there's some sort of ruined shrine at the end, at the far side of the room, we'll say. So I'll draw a little bump out for the shrine. And there's stairs that go down. And let's follow those stairs down to the next room. Perhaps we should roll to see the size of the next room again. Uh, we would need the author's book for that one. I've got it right here. Let's go back to the page. Rooms and chambers. 
I've got a 35. Oh no, wait, I just I just got a five. It's a 10 D10, not a <laughs> I got a five, and that's also a thousand square feet. So let's say it's just 30 by 30 again. Okay. Same size. It leads into another room. And I'm gonna real quick just roll a since we're doing a, a five room dungeon, I'm gonna roll a D3 to see how many how many are on there. And I got these nice little D3s. There's one door in there. And we'll determine if it's secret or not later. What's in this room? What's unique about it? Well, what type of dressings do we want to put in here? We want to put a fountain in here. We want to put a uh, a pool. Yeah, let's do something for water for our dungeon ecology. <laughs> All right. So for pools, we have this is pretty funny. So we have uh, traps and tricks or magical. What type of pool do you want to do? All right, I, I'll say traps and tricks tricks are even. Magical is odd, and I'm going to roll. I rolled a seven. It's magical odd. Magical, a magical pit of some sort. Is this a D100 right. chart you're looking at? It is a D100. So why don't you roll a D100? I've got a 36. Okay, so this is the pool of forgotten gods. Ooh. Depending on how much money you throw in there, we determine what type of effect you get. So you, let's say you wrote a 36. So you wrote, let's say you th- threw in 36 gold pieces. If you drink the water, the gods consider this a paltry sacrifice, an insult. Though the water turns into gold, it bestows negative one level. Oh, no! <laughs> Didn't throw enough gold in there. <laughs> and So I guess we'd have to bookmark the different effects for the magical pool and how much we throw into the pool of forgotten gods. Yes, correct. <laughs> Do we want to see if there's a monster or something that's in here, or a possibility of a monster? Yeah, we can. What, what type of what type of creature do you want to put in there? Ooh, let's let's go to a random monster table. Let's see what we have. There's a monster encounter table if you want to use that one. Let's do that one. You got it pulled up? I do. It's from the Audric book. I will roll a 65. So it's going to be a common monster. There'll be 10 of them. We'll, we'll call this like a level two monster then because we're on the second level of the dungeon perhaps it works i would say that whatever we're going to pop this might be the monster that populates the entire dungeon and there should probably be a chance of running into them in the pool room so i wrote a grimlock i have no idea what a grimlock is. let's look up the grimlock because i don't think i've ran a grimlock i don't know what a grimlock is either i wrote a 17 and it came with grimlock i'm like what is a grimlock here it is it's a humanoid yeah it's a humanoid it's a fierce race that dwells in the dark and hidden places of the earth, periodically issuing forth in search of prey, preferably human, resembles men in shape, but they have a thick, almost scaly hide that is dusky in color, head of wild matted black hair, mouthful of vicious pointed teeth, and two white featureless orbs for eyes. They're a two-hit dice monster, so pretty basic, neutral evil. Let's see, for every 30 Grimlocks, there'll be one with three hit dice, AC4, which is a boss. So for a number of Grimlocks, you got to roll 2d10 to see how many show up. I think I'd want to, I think if I'm going to run a Grimlock culture down here, I think I might, uh, I might want to tweak them around a little bit and kind of add my own things to them. Like if they're fierce and horrible, why so? Because often things are fierce and horrible because they have conflicting interests as the people who are encountering them. So why would they have a conflicting interest with the humans that are coming down here is one thing I'd start to ask myself while I'd be creating this. And, and how might we be able to address that conflict without just slaughtering each other as an option 
that I would want to prepare before I went into game is one thing I would want to look into. And I don't have those answers yet, but well, that's what you do. And it says uh, Grimlocks are they're probably blind as well too because of their white eyes. I got cataract type things going on. Exactly. So it says that you know bright light and any visual attacks don't usually bother them. Invisibility and darkness don't bother them because they can hear you. <laughs> Using the ears to see, there's hearing. Exactly. Their sonar. They remind me a little bit of Morlocks. Exactly. I'm wondering if this is just like uh, like some sort of clone. <laughs> like I might almost yeah, I might take some sort of approach of the old H.P. Lovecraft horror story of the people in the walls that were like super inbred over years yep. and lived in like the hills or whatever. I might kind of approach them like that and make it a monster, like or a monster of or a, or a group of people that's kind of living like that, scavenging to survive and seeing other people as as, as so different to themselves, yeah, <laughs> that it's meat, <laughs> and their the interest is often in reality the most horrifying monsters that kill you are other living beings. I mean, yep. just ask the chickens and the cows in our society. <laughs> <laughs> what do they think of us humans? Probably not very well. All right. Now we want to add some dressing to this room with the pool. I feel I'm going to see what kind of cool dressing we have in the dressings book that we might be able to add there. We got archways. We got bridges. We're not going to have a bridge here. Ceilings. No doors, characteristics and appearances. That might yep. be good for going further. 58. I'd like something in here as well. Perhaps a treasure or something that could be hidden or found might be good. So I'm going to go on the doors 58 real quick and do a roll. Um, common characteristics. I'm going to do a quick roll here. 93. The door is low, but wide medium sized and larger creatures must duck to pass through. Treat such creatures as squeezing in that square. So it's a, a low wide door for some reason. I we might want to think about who constructed this door and why it would be low and wide as I'm going forward and planning out this adventure. Perhaps that would be the people who constructed the dungeon aren't necessarily the Grimlocks who live down here. No, it could be somebody else. So I'll roll for a level one treasure hoard, let's say. All right. Where would it be? This, this room? I was like, what type of treasure would be in this room? So I'm rolling on the uh, Raging Swan table. All right. So it says coinage, 621 copper, two platinum, and a potion of long strider. A plain leather vial with the initials JH is burnt into the front. And then there's oil of magic fang. The vial is supposed to wet fur. <laughs> and then an unguent of time, timelessness. A what? What was the last one? An unwhat of timelessness? An unguent of timelessness. So a vial of dull gray liquid. Ooh. I'm not sure what that does. We'll have to, we'll have to, we'd have to find that. I bet you it's in the magic, it's in the, in the treasures table though, the back there. Was that from the Raging Swan or was that from, that was from Raging Swan, not Austin, yeah, right? Yeah, that was Raging Swan. Yeah, so we'd have to figure that. All right. We have this short, wide door. What's beyond it? I'm going to go ahead and roll a uh, three sided die to see if the door, because right now, as I have it set up, I have the stairs going down to the north. Or I can roll a four-sided die, actually. It could be that the door could go north, south, east, or west. And I'll say one is north, two is south, three is east, four is west. And the door is two. I said that was south, right? Yeah. I think All so. right. So the door goes back south underneath where the original one was. So I'll go ahead and sketch that in here. So underneath the original is another room. 
I'm going to roll for some uh, graffiti in the room. Oh, do it. Because graffiti is hilarious. So this is off the Rating Swan graffiti table. I wrote an 84. Uh, oh, boy. A lovely detailed life-size image of a treant occupies a wall. Very random, but okay. <laughs> Perhaps we that could be, like, when I'm throwing that into this dungeon, I'm going to ask myself, I'm probably not going to have the treant in the dungeon. But perhaps they're they're kind of populating the area outside if somebody's taking the time to draw one, so that can kind of add seed to what I, what things I would run into in the wilderness surrounding this little five room dungeon that we're creating. Well, what's interesting is one of the rows it says the graffiti appears to be writing or drawing itself as the PCs enter the room. <laughs> oh, so we got to ask ourselves. What magic is is making this? And as a yeah. DM, I might just let it go until the players give me some ideas and go with what I think is coolest. I'll right. be hundred percent honest. I mean, there's a pretty there's another one here. The image of a defecating ape is rendered in charcoal on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe oh. this room was a bathroom. <laughs> All right, let's see what else is in this in this uh, dungeon. Or this dungeon room. I think I want something else that will be interesting to populate the room with. Perhaps some kind of furniture to show us what this room is. Uh, There's furnishings. There's religious. There's a torture chamber. There's alchemy lab. Ooh. Why not a torture chamber? All right. Torture chamber. You can do a D100 on that one. All right. Let me roll. I got a four. Zero four? Zero zero four. Uh, looks like it's just a bench with like you know clamps and chains on it. Maybe there should be more than one thing in there. Uh, right. What does 66 give me? Oh, that's 66. a beautiful wonder all. That's the devil. 66 <laughs> is the rack. You get the, the rack. rack. The rack. So we got a few torture instruments in here. This group of folks that live down here seem to be pretty mean. Uh, they might want to put the player characters on those torture instruments at some point in time. So I might want to weave that into the dangers we might be facing. In hey, sh- should we have captives in the room? We can roll for captives. Oh, yeah. Is there a captive table? Let's see the, who's in there. There's a captive table in Raging Swan. So let's roll on the captive. We'll pick uh, adventurer captives. How's that? Uh, uh, that's great. What is the, uh, is that a D100 again? Uh, Hold on. Let me get, get to the right table. It is a D20 on the captive's adventure table. All right. I've got a 20-sided die right here. I rolled a three. All right. So you go in there and you find a live Nuthian, who's a half-elf druid, on her hands and knees. Wrists and ankles are shackled together. She still finds the strength to crawl across the floor, peering at the stones that comprise of her cell, dragging bloody fingertips through the roots between each stone. A grungy pelt, the remains of her beloved wolf companion, has been cast into the corner. Ooh, they've done terrible things to these people, this adventuring party that came in here. We're not the first adventuring party to come in here and suffer. (laughs) No. (laughs) All right, we need at least two more rooms. I'm going to say, since we've gone north to south, and we went north and then we went south, I think we should probably put a room to the east and the west of the torture chamber. Sure. Is is this a dungeon where these 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 creatures are living? I'm wondering, or is or, it just used as as a terrible torture chamber to harm people? That's what it sounds like. It sounds like it's more like a, a little bit of a small headquarters for them to meet and torture people. Yeah, what I'm thinking while we're rolling up this dungeon is I might even have like the dungeon go further than the five down into a cave complex where they might be living in. 
and flesh that out later after the dungeon. But let's go forward and finish this five room dungeon. That's just some ideas that's coming into my head as we're doing these random <laughs> rolls. <laughs> we'll go east and then west with these doors. All right. So we have one on each side and we'll figure out how big these rooms are. Is there another table besides the one we've been rolling on? Because we seem to be getting the same amount. Yeah. So if you go to the um... room area, here's one. Which book are you using? Uh, this is the Osric second edition. Oh, okay. There's a room area chart. And it says number of exits, room area, and it's a D20. So I rolled an eight, and it's got room area is more than 500 square feet. So it's going to be a little smaller than the previous ones. We'll just go with 15, and it says there's three exits. We're not going to flesh out all three of those exits today because I'm assuming that they probably lead into maybe living quarters or something. We'll find out what else is in this room, though. Now, once we get all this stuff rolled up, we had talked before about dungeon ecology and things like that. Might want to take time to ask ourselves questions like, why was this place built? might be helpful what was it originally built for what is it currently being used for and how are they surviving down here so if there's pictures of tree ants appearing they're probably interacting with the world above so some of the dungeon ecology in this might have might be the fact that they are going up top for things let's talk about what's in this room though first right, so in this room what do we want to throw in do you want to throw in some uh, scary paintings yeah, let's throw in some scary paintings. All right, there's something called doom, doom paintings. Doom paintings. I got a 76. All right, 76. Let's see. We're scrolling down to 76. Nails radiating abjuration magic hold the painting in place. While the nails remain, the pair indicated by the painting cannot happen. Removing the nails permanently dispels this protection. I guess we need a feature of the painting. Why don't you roll again? I rolled a one. Okay, the, zero, the, the, zero, one. the painting depicts two scenes. On the left, a giant has his mouth propped open with a number of sturdy logs while people travel into the giant's mouth. On the okay. right, the giant's teeth are bared and a number of headless corpses litter the ground around it. And, <laughs> and this painting is held up by the magical nails that I mentioned earlier. Ooh, and now we're going to have to sit here and ask ourselves. And here's the thing. I'm going to put this out here as a, as a tip for DME and you're kind of coming up with this stuff. You don't have to figure out why there are paintings of these giants, but your players may start to speculate and think about that, that it, and they'll possibly even drop you some ideas while they're looking at it. So listen to what your players say as they're looking at it and playing around with it and go with it. Yeah, <laughs> let them create uh, their own demise. Because yeah. you're like wondering, so are there giants here or are the giants good bad trading trading with the grimlocks so next we need to be able to see these paintings so illumination lanterns i have on page 106 of the raging swan i rolled an 87 made of silver the lantern sides are pierced hundreds of times to create geometric puzzle-like sequence of symbols and perhaps those symbols are kind of cast across the wall as they walk in so you can describe that the light of different shapes of geometric symbols, squares, circles, triangles, stars, moons, and everything else as these lanterns illuminate the paintings. So that can give you a little bit to work with to kind of give some description as they enter 
and they may not be able to see the paintings as they first walk and they have to get up to get a good look because the geometric shapes might throw them off a bit. One more room we go. All right. That other room that we were going to flesh out. Ooh. There's a, there's one I wouldn't mind doing. Let's let's go with a mundane chest contents. We'll say there's a chest in that other room. A mundane chest? Okay. Yep. Okay, what type of chest do you want it to be made out of first? Um, ooh, I don't know. Is there a chart for that? There is. Uh, within the rolling? Raging Swan, there's a one, two, three, four. Roll a D10. All right. I rolled one again. It is made out of adamantium. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Wolverine's coming for us. Yes. <laughs> it's uh, almost impossible to break the chest open. Ooh. So after that, how easy is it to open? Uh, roll a 1D5. 1d5. Yep. I rolled a one again. <laughs> oh, well, it's a it's a simple it's a simple lock. Not not very complicated. So it'll, it'll it'll be picked quick and easy. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty easy to disable. The if you rolled a 6, it would have been or a 5 would have been a a, a magical arcane lock. <laughs> so what's inside of this chest? I rolled an 84. 84. The chest contains a once fine gentleman's suit, which is now ragged and stained. Perhaps it's the great, 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 great grandfather of the folks that are down here's suit. Maybe, maybe it was for the fancy dwarf. Maybe it was, maybe it was another one of the victims. So let's see. We got some good treasures for a chest, a treasure chest. You want to do like a level three treasure hoard, maybe? Yeah. All right, roll 1d12. 1d12. Let me grab a 12 because I don't have one out yet. And I got a 2. Okay, treasure hoard number 2. So there's 8 copper, 4 silver, 123 gold, a flawless amethyst, a giant emerald, and an emerald necklace. We got plenty of gold and treasure in here. So I feel that perhaps we should have something for either a trap or a monster, or a trap, and a monster that guards this golden treasure. <laughs> All right, let's see. You want to do a trap, monster, or both? Let's start with the trap, and then we'll talk about what kind of monster could be in here. All right. There's some pretty bad ones here. Oh, let's roll on the bad ones. <laughs> roll 1d4, and we'll see how bad the, this trap is. All right, I'm going to roll a 1d4, and I've got another one. I'm rolling so many ones today. <laughs> All right, this is the uh, Molten Gold Pit Trap. As Ooh. you open the chest, a pit into which you tumble opens below your feet, and it is molten gold. Oh, it's horrifying. It's horrifying. So, um, yeah. Do we want to put a monster in here with the molten gold? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I think we do. I think if you're smart about it, you can use the molten gold to get rid of the monster. <laughs> well, that, that's a thing, you know, you can throw them into the pit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what monster level are we on? Like level three, maybe? Yeah, let's go for a level three. Let's go for a, let's, let's make it something tough. Let's make it a level four monster, something that the players oh, have a hard okay. time. That All right. The players roll, easy. roll a D100 for level four. We'll see All what right. it is. I rolled, no, I'm going to re-roll that because I can't keep on rolling once. <laughs> 47. 47 is a giant stag beetle. 1d6 of those. So we've got a giant stag beetle. That's the perfect kind of monster I feel that could be trapped to put in here to guard this treasure that they're hiding in here with the trap. 
And I don't think that stag beetle would like melting into the gold either. So we got a few things like fragments of ideas jotted down in each of the different rooms. I think at a point we added a few exits in the other room, perhaps that could lead to underground living quarters. And we got the threads of what might be an adventure uh, of what could be an adventure and things to figure out. Uh, Like considering, as we spoke about before, the dungeon ecology, how do the Grimlocks living down here get their food? They apparently are keeping stag beetles. So as we go further into this, will there be more stag beetles that they keep? What do they use the stag beetles for? Could they be using them for food as well as guarding things? Could they be using other animals for food and stuff like that down here? And that's kind of got your beginning of an adventure. You could probably spend an adventure on the five rooms if you're running it right and people are playing through it and perhaps plan a little bit more ahead as well for the next adventure take about a half hour like this you can easily have the beginnings of a real good adventure so yep having these uh, resource guides so again we use the uh, osric book it could be either first or second edition as well as some of the uh, raging swan books you know the raging swan miscellaneous uh, dungeon dressings as well as the Raging Swamp be awesome at dungeon design. And the Tome of Adventure design I pulled out, but we didn't actually use. It's got some great stuff, not just for dungeons, but for adventures in general. And I strongly suggest that one. I think that we'll probably do a few more episodes like this in the future, and we can bust that out for those as well and see what kind of fun things we can come up with. We're pretty much up on time. I'm not sure how much I'll cut off this because there were a few dead plays so we'll probably trim it down so it may be a full 30 minutes or above because we recorded longer than normal but i hope you've enjoyed this episode if you have give us a positive review wherever you're listening share with your friends tell them about us especially your gaming friends let them know what's going on over here at wobblies and wizards you can find us on facebook just search wobblies and wizards we're kind of active on there Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hale Crom. And as always, keep those dice rolling. May you roll very interesting encounters and adventures for your characters here. This is Logar, and I'm just going to do a quick plug here for our, our little podcast. We put a lot of time and effort into this and money out of our own pockets. So if you appreciate having a daily podcast about role playing games with our specific bend, Please go over to Patreon backslash Wobblies and Wizards, that's W-O-B-B-L-I-E-S-A-N-D-W-I-Z-A-R-D-S, and give us a little support. 